0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: LeBron James, a shot in history. Uh-huh.
0: Nice the fans. Uh-huh.
1: The 17th NBA championship. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers versus Blazers tonight. This is a game that the Lakers need to get. But will they have a full team out there? Well, We've got an injury update that we need to dive into. Before we get to that, though, quick reminder over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure that you do. And check out our membership program. You can click that join button or use the link in the description to see the perks that we're offering for our channel members. So the Lakers head into this game coming off a big win against Phoenix. And now they're going to be taking on a Blazers team that, let's face it, organizationally, they're not necessarily trying to win. This season. Now, players always play to win, but the Blazers, their organization, they're worried more about the future. On top of that, it's a very injured Blazers team. No Scoot Henderson, uh, no Malcolm Brogdon, no Robert Williams, no Anthony Simons. They're missing a lot of players. Now, they still have Jeremy Grant who can certainly fill it up. They've got some guys who can still do something. Shaden Sharp is absolutely fantastic, but this is a very injured, not only an organization that isn't looking to win, but a very injured team on top of that now the Lakers themselves though have been dealing with a number of injuries as I'm recording this we still don't have an update on Jared Vanderbilt and his reevaluation when he could be back on on the floor Gabe Vincent we know will not be reevaluated for another week however that's not the only injury update that we've got here because uh uh-oh LeBron James listed as questionable for this game now LeBron we saw it in the game against Phoenix He got hit in the calf by Kevin Durant. Wasn't anything intentional. Just kind of happened. And LeBron said his calf or or shin or whatever felt pretty tight for most of the game. And it was hurting him afterwards. So uh, look, LeBron is questionable. I would say he's very questionable for this game against the Blazers. Who knows? Maybe his calf feels great uh, and, and he's good to go and he winds up playing. But he's logged a lot of minutes. And this is, again, not a great Blazers team. It wouldn't shock me at all. If the Lakers decided, you know what? Tonight, let's give LeBron James the night off. So right now, LeBron being listed as questionable, and I'm leaning more towards we don't see LeBron in this one. Now, the Lakers have had their challenges. They've had a lot of challenges. I'm going to talk about exactly what the Lakers need to do in order to win this game. By the way, I'm also going to close out the show with some of your fan questions and comments, but um, the Lakers without LeBron have just not been good. They've not been good. They, I mean, the, the numbers, they speak for themselves. The, the Lakers are just atrocious with him off the floor. Now, this team, when healthy, should be better situated to withstand the non-LeBron minutes than probably any Lakers team that we've seen with LeBron. That hasn't come to fruition yet. Instead, it's been more of the same, more of LeBron goes out and everything falls apart. So if LeBron does not play in this game, even against the Blazers, Even against this team that is very injured and organizationally is not necessarily trying to win, the Lakers are still going to need to really step it up if they're going to get a win without LeBron James. Again, he's questionable. I'm leaning, and this is just my guess, but I'm leaning towards we don't see LeBron in this one tonight. Now, Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes, both with their own injuries. He was dealing with, AD's dealing with his left adductor slash hip. Uh, said he did feel it a little bit during the game, but he's probable Jackson Hayes dealing with a left ankle sprain also probable. So they're going to play. So realistically for the Lakers, we're looking at LeBron maybe out and then Jared Vanderbilt gave Vincent out. One of the things to keep in mind, though, is the Lakers middle of this next week. So they play today against the Blazers Mondays off. Then they play Tuesday Against the Grizzlies, that's a tournament game. We'll get to see the Lakers' tournament floor. It'll be a home game. But then they play the next day against the Sacramento Kings. It's a back-to-back. So is LeBron going to play both of those? Maybe that will be a factor in determining whether or not he plays in this one. But once again, LeBron dealing with a calf contusion. If that calf is tight at all, I would be surprised to see the Lakers push it with LeBron here. And uh, and that could lead to this being a, a closer game, I think, than any of us are comfortable with. You know, when I look at this Lakers team, I look at this game again, the Blazers. Yes. You want to defend Jeremy Grant. Yes. You want to, you know, not allow Shaden sharp to go berserk or anything like that. But this is such an injured Blazers side. The Lakers just need, even if they don't have LeBron, get out there, take care of business. It's more, this game is going to be more about what the Lakers do and don't do than what the Blazers do and don't do. If the Lakers get out and treat this game with, with, The level of competitive fire that says that you respect the game of basketball, which we didn't see against the Houston Rockets last week. If you come out here and you approach this game with a workmanlike attitude, you're going to get out, you're going to get the job done, do everything you need to do. That means all the little things on the glass defense, you're putting in the extra effort, doing all that. This is a game that the Lakers should win. Even without LeBron, you should win this game. But again, it's the NBA. You never know what's going to happen. A team can go on a, on a hot shooting streak. And if the Lakers don't get out there and play with intensity, play with force, anything is possible in this one. So from the Lakers side of things, we all know. We all know at this point what they need to do. They need to cut down on the offensive rebounds. They give up the second chance points. We did not see it against Phoenix. I believe the Suns had 17 second chance points against the Lakers. That is way, way too many. So the Lakers have to find a way to cut those down, which may not be easy without LeBron. By the way, my guess is if LeBron doesn't go, that will slide Rui Hachimura into the starting lineup. I'm going to talk a bit more about the starters in just a moment, though. And then other than that, other than cutting down on the second-chance scoring opportunities for the Blazers on the offensive glass. Because, look, even the Blazers, they're going to commit extra players to the offensive glass. Teams smell blood in the water. They know the Lakers give these things up like crazy. It's also the first quarter. Look, the Lakers, they are the worst first-quarter team in NBA history right now. And that's not hyperbole. That's just a fact. And they trailed the Suns by nine. Now, they still came back to win, but you look at how much energy they're having to expend in order to make up for these first quarter slumps. I don't know the the fact that they're still asleep. I, I don't know what it is, but they just can't seem to hit the ground running, even with the lineup change in this past game against the Suns. So it's going to be important. What you don't want to do, look, the Blazers are not going to be a good team, but I say this all the time. One of the worst things you can do with a bad team is give them hope. Give them hope the Hawkeye meme. Don't give me hope. Don't give this Blazers team hope. Because if you do, they're going to start getting the thought in their head. You know what? We could get a win against the Lakers. And what would that do for our fans? Our fans would love to see us beat the Lakers because they hate the Lakers. And on top of that, you know this game is being watched way more than a lot of our other games. They're going to get up to play against the Lakers. And so, L.A., my goodness, Don't give this Blazers team hope. Don't let them get out to a lead in the first quarter and then you got to claw your way back. The Lakers have to put a stop to that. They've got to find a way to be better on their own defensive glass and they've got to find a way to stop spotting teams so many points in the first quarter. Again, the, uh, the Lakers finally weren't trailing by double figures at the end of the first against the Suns, but they were down nine. They were down nine. And again, that wound up being a win. It was a really fun game. It was exciting. The Lakers turned it on. But I'd like to see a game where they don't have to turn it on late because they put the game away early. I think that possibility is there in a game like this. But you got to want it. You got to go out there and get it. And we'll see if the Lakers approach the game with that mentality. Again, we don't know if LeBron's going to play or not as of this recording. But I still think the potential is there for the Lakers, for the other guys, to really step up and put away a Blazers team that they should, really should, beat. You want to be a good team in this league? You know how you do it? You beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. The Lakers are supposed to beat this Blazers side. The Lakers just need to get out there and do it. And that's going to mean approaching this game with effort, with energy, with force. Certainly not the way they came out against Houston, but instead the way they closed out the game against Phoenix. That's what needs to carry over. Speaking of the game against Phoenix, You know, Darvin Ham made a big move. And by the way, actually, before I even get into the starting lineup, there was a play or a a moment in the game uh, against Phoenix where on the post-game show, we gave Darvin Ham a bunch of credit. I talked about it for a while for calling the timeout when Anthony Davis was crossing half court. It was late in the game. The ball was about to be stolen and timeout gets called. And Darvin is a guy who I've criticized quite a bit for not using his timeouts when he needs to. And Darvin has his reasons for it. And he explained he wants, you know, he wants to save his timeout so he can use them to help rest LeBron and AD in the fourth without pulling them off the floor. Just call timeout. Okay, you get two, three minutes or whatever to rest and then we'll get back at it. Um, which, it, look, there's, that makes sense. But nonetheless, Darvin, it looked like, called timeout, shut down the play. Right as the Suns were about to steal the ball from Anthony Davis and go the other way, and it saved a certain two points. And I thought, man, that was a great, just on-your-toes decision. Darvinham, quick thinking, saw that coming, and he stopped it from happening. There's some replays going on that are going around uh, on the interwebs. And it shows that it was not Ham that called the timeout. No, it was LeBron James. In fact, Darvinham had his hands in his pockets. The announce crew even thought it was Darvinham that called the timeout. No, nope. LeBron saw what was coming and very quickly turned to the ref and signaled timeout, and got the timeout called. So here I was praising Darvin Ham for his quick thinking and for being willing to use the timeout in that moment. Instead, it was not Darvin; it was LeBron James. Whoops! Um, don't mean to take doesn't mean to take a shot at Darvin Ham or anything like that. Just yeah, can't give that credit to him. It was LeBron who recognized what was going on and took the timeout. Um, all right, let's talk about the starting lineup. You know, this was the big story going into the game against um, against the Suns was that the Lakers needed to change their. are st- going to change their starting lineup. Cam Reddish getting into the starting five. I still question. Once we get word, and again, right now, I, I don't know what the update on Jared Vanderbilt is going to be. Wouldn't shock me if Vando slides into that starting lineup uh, once he returns. But right now, the Lakers, if LeBron's playing, looks like they're going with that starting lineup of Cam Reddish at the two. D'Lo at the one. And then you have Torian Prince at the three, LeBron at the four and AD at the five. And I think we saw some good, some bad from this. Probably more good than bad against Phoenix. The good being that you've got a little more size on the floor. Now, it didn't solve the rebounding problem, but it gave them more length in the passing lanes. And I think that's something that matters. This Lakers team is one that has a lot of depth on the wings when they're healthy. They've not been healthy, but when they are healthy, they have a lot of depth on the wings. And by staggering Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, which is effectively what you're doing by by doing this, you're at least playing them fewer minutes together. You're allowing yourself to have a bigger and more robust wing rotation. And remember, Gabe Vincent, he's out for at least another week before he gets reevaluated. So right now, the Lakers backcourt, it's really just in terms of ball handlers, it's really just Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, and that's it. And so it also makes sense from a personnel perspective to lean more heavily on your wings And let D'Lo and Austin, one of them, be on the floor at all times. And their minutes don't overlap quite as much, which means whichever one is on the floor by himself is automatically going to be your primary ball handler. There's no questions about it. I still think there's some benefit to having them on the floor together for certain matchups. But against the Suns, it sure did work. And credit to Cam Reddish for knocking down those corner threes. You look back on his career, he's actually really good at hitting corner threes from just one side. So just one spot. That left side that he hit the um, the kind of the dagger uh, against the Suns, he's really good shooting the ball from there. The other side, not so much. Anywhere else, not so much. But that one spot, Cam Reddish has a, a history of actually shooting the ball pretty well. So, loved what we saw from him. Hopefully he can continue to play defense at a high level. We saw that a bit against the Suns. Uh, again, wouldn't shock me if Jared Vanderbilt absorbs those minutes when he gets back. But for right now, Cam Reddish starting at the 2 it makes some sense defensively. We'll see what this looks like against the Blazers, though, who don't have, I mean, I guess you put them on shade and sharp and, and off you go there, but uh, the Blazers aren't quite as, well, certainly not anywhere near as dynamic of an offense as the Phoenix Suns, not nearly as explosive. But nonetheless, I think Cam can still be a positive for the Lakers out there. Again, um, I like the change. It makes sense, especially now that we've seen it on the floor and see what it can mean defensively. I think this is the right move to make for the Lakers and then sort things out when Gabe Vincent comes back. You see, coaches tend to want to stick with whatever is closest to their rotation, right? So if if your starting three goes out, sometimes rather than promote the backup three to the starter, sometimes they'll take the third string guy and bring them in. That way the, the rest of the rotation stays the same. Your bench unit is still your bench unit. Um, and your starters are the ones that have to adapt. But rather than have both lines to adapt, have to adapt, it's just one. Sometimes teams will do, do that. In this case, it just, Gabe Vincent's going to be out long enough to where it doesn't make sense to not tweak things, especially when the team was losing games, and, and try something else. Um, yes, that means there's going to be another adjustment coming whenever Gabe Vincent does come back. Uh, you weren't able to stick with the same rotation that you had, but you need to win games right now. And I think we've talked a bit about the Lakers positional size and taking advantage of that was the most important thing. So, you know what? I can't give Darvin Ham credit for the timeout, but let's give him credit for this move on the surface. man, when it went out there, a lot of Lakers fans went, what? What is he doing? This is crazy. Why is it not Rui Hachimura, um, who we'll talk about in a bit, but it worked. It worked. And hopefully it works again tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. All right, I do need to get into some of the fan questions and comments that we had coming in after the Lakers' big win against the Phoenix Suns. But first, I need to give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that is Factor. Now, uh, this holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, and they can help fuel you up for a fast breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, stay on track with your healthy healthy lifestyle style, while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. If you're too busy to cook, want to make sure you're eating well, factor you can skip the extra trip to the go- grocery store, the chopping, the prepping, cleaning up, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. They're never frozen, fresh meals are already in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy i can tell you guys i've eaten a number of factor meals myself they are very very good very tasty very quick very simple to put together which is great because i'm not the best cook i let's face it i can make some things pretty well but anything complicated yeah i'm out factor makes it really really simple to have something that tastes really good and is good for you too so this November get Factor and enjoy eating fresh without the hassle. Choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered right to your door, ready in just 2 minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com/lakersnation50 and use the code LAKERSNATION50 to get 50% off. That's code LAKERSNATION50 at factormeals.com/lakersnation50 to get 50% off. All right, let's get into some of your questions and comments here. Uh Matt's comic Cart said, found my lucky hat today in the attic and we won. Well, clearly, Matt, you have to wear that lucky hat again against the Blazers and for the remainder of the season until the Lakers lose. Those are the rules. I don't make them up, but you got to do it. Justin said, very happy we won. But does Ham think Prince is better than Rui? Going into the season, I thought Rui would get 30 minutes a night. Rui only getting 18 to 20 minutes a night. What gives? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the difference for the Lakers... Uh, for him, is Rui is more of a three-four. Prince is more of, and Prince can play the four, but Prince is more of a three that can also play two a little bit. Rui is is a just a bigger dude than than Torian Prince is, and so I think that's what the the differentiator there is when we're looking at their rotation and why Rui got less minutes than Torian Prince. I think it's because we saw Torian Prince had the ability to play as more of a guard, and and Rui just a He's a bigger guy now. Again, 6'8, 7'3 wingspan. Look, it, he was very, very useful out there on the floor. Rui was, he had a really good game. I would, I would prefer that their minutes are closer to even, uh, but they weren't in that game, they weren't uh, against the Suns. So, I, I think that as Rui gets back into the swing of things, his minutes should creep up. They should because he was really good. Four steals against the Suns, really liked what we saw. And I had a lot of people that were upset he didn't play more. I think that's coming because it has to. If Rui keeps playing like this, they're not going to be able to keep him off the floor. Mob Gaming said AD's presence speaks for itself. Kill the slander. Yeah, people were frustrated with Anthony Davis not having a great night uh, against the Suns, kind of looking a little bit off. Keep in mind, he's coming off of an injury. I think that probably mattered in this situation. AW said, I feel like AD can't be both the first option and the main defensive anchor. It's too much responsibility for him. It it might be that is asking a lot, right? Be the guy on offense and be the guy on defense. It's not easy to do. That's why you do need that extra scoring punch around him. That's why eventually in a post LeBron world, hopefully we're not there for a while, but uh, a post LeBron Lakers team is going to need more scoring around AD because you can't expect him to anchor the defense and be a 25, 30 point per game scorer on a night in night out basis. That's, that's a lot. That's a very heavy burden on AD. Logan said starters, D'Lo, Reddish, Braun, Vando, AD. Okay, so Prince out of the starting lineup once Vando returns. That's what, what you're going with. Or would you start Prince over Cam? I Look, I would probably start Prince just for the three-point shooting because LeBron's not shot the three well so far this season. He's in the low 30s. Vando isn't known as a shooter. He's not going to get respected behind the arc. AD, I don't know if he's going to be a three-point shooter or not, his attempts have definitely dried up recently. Um, So if you don't start Prince, and, and again, Cam Reddish, while well, he shot well from three uh, against the Suns. He's also a low 30s three-point shooter. So if you look at that group and that's the team you're going with, D'Lo is the only guy that teams are really going to care about a lot behind the three-point Like, Yeah, they're going to defend LeBron. They're going to defend AD and everything, but in terms of a, a true guy that could shoot, and he's not shooting it right now, but could shoot 40% from three, uh, Delo is really the only one of the group. So I think Prince gives you another shooter. And that's probably why I would lean with him over Cam in that lineup. Uh, he said later down the line, what do you think about a Delo or Gabe trade post December 15th? December 15th is when these guys are trade eligible. Austin Reeves and Rui off the bench looks good. Yeah. Um, I, I fully expect, and it's it's way too early to even have an idea of what the Lakers are going to do on the trade front, but I fully expect them to be active, to be aggressive. I think this team needs a few things, and so I think the Lakers will be very engaged in trade negotiations. Uh, Mike, oh man. Mike said had a baby girl today. Congratulations, Mike. Congratulations, seriously, heartfelt, sincere congratulations. That is absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, it's the Marine Corps birthday and the Lakers win. Hope everyone here had a good day. Love you, Lakers Nation. Said don't declare bankruptcy. Okay. I will not pull a Michael Scott. Uh, but man, ser- big congrats to you. Um, anybody watching this video in the chat, send send Mike uh a nice congratulations in the in the comment section, please. Cause that is always fantastic. Welcome to uh a new a new member of of Lakers Nation. Welcome to the family. Congratulations, Mike. Raza. Said, hey, Trevor, if the Lakers make a trade, we need an over-the-top shot maker. Match Jamal Murray. Uh, when we play them, I'm looking at Kyrie and Levine. Hashtag ring 18. So it both could be fine targets for the Lakers, depending on what you're looking to spend, how much you're looking to uh, to trade away to in terms of draft capital and things like that. And I do think the Lakers will have the opportunity to potentially add to an offer for a player by... Putting in, say, a Max Christie is you know, they they don't want to, but or a Jalen Huchafino if the the move is there to put them over the top, do the Mavs want to move Kyrie? They played pretty good basketball. Do the Bulls want to move Zach Levine just yet? We'll see. Fans have wanted them to, you know, tank to pick a direction to not be a treadmill team, but it's going to take a little while for them to get to that point. So again, the trade talks it'll pick up after December fifteenth. I don't expect to see trades getting done till like mid-January. That's pretty typical. And then the trade deadline's February 8th, so we've got a little ways to get there. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt the Lakers to add another score if they've got the opportunity to get a guy like that. Just the question is, what's it going to cost? And will the Lakers have the best offer for somebody like that? Edwards said, put some respect on Cam Reddish's name. Yeah, he had a great game. He had a great game, and here's the thing you know, I get a lot of people that say, you know, oh, you guys were mean to Cam Reddish, and and you, and now what do you have to say? Ha, I told you so. Victory lap culture, man. It kind of it drives me nuts. Look, and I get it, we all feel good when what we think is going to happen happens. It's not when something good happens for the Lakers when a player plays well, if it's a player that I said. I'm not sure about, I, I think I said that Max Christie played better in preseason, well, not significantly better, but played better in preseason than cam reddish did. And I stand by that. Cause he did not by as much as I thought he would, but he did. Now has cam been better since then? Yeah. Cam's been better in the regular season and that's great. That's not like a, a gotcha thing. I'm, I I hope if there's any if there's ever a time where there's a Lakers player and I say, oh, I just don't know about this signing. I want to be wrong. I badly want to be wrong. I want this team to win. I want this team to be great. I want to celebrate championship number 18. I want that stuff to happen. So it's funny when people chime in, like, oh, you know, you guys were weren't high enough on Cam. Okay. And that's wonderful. That's great. I'm celebrating. It's a happy thing. But but take your victory lap if you want. Again, it's a long season, and we'll see what happens. I hope Cam keeps it up. I hope Cam shoots five from eight every single game from behind the arc. That would be fantastic. That would be a great story to tell. I want good things for the Lakers. I want good things for the Lakers. By no means do I want any Lakers player to struggle. Mood Music said Lakers need a Gordon Hayward type of player. Kind of a veteran on the wing. I think they're pretty wing-heavy. And for everybody calling for more minutes for Rui, going and getting Gordon Hayward probably wouldn't help with that. But uh, Yoda Masters said, Cam served flush a lot in KD Kryptonite, Lake Show. Yeah, you know, Cam, nobody's stopping Kevin Durant, but Cam does pretty well. Cam does a decent job defending him. And uh, he does a pretty good job with the bigger wings. The quicker guys can give him a little bit of trouble, but. He's had a few rough performances, too, defensively. But you know what? He's playing well. He played well against the Suns. And it was great to see after that missed shot against the Heat for him to bounce back like that. Jordan said, does it feel like people may have overreacted? And we should have listened to the players and coaches who said it was going to take some time, 10 to 20 games. That's that's par for the course, Jordan. When it's early in the NBA season, I talked about this over the summer, what happens is we hyper-focus on everything that we see. Why? Because we don't have anything, any other basis to fall back on, right? If, let's say the Lakers went through a poor shooting streak for four or five games in March, and on the season they were shooting 35% from three, and they shot 29% from three as a team for five games, we would say, well, that sucks, but we also know that's not what they are right? Um, but early in the season, we don't have that background to fall back on. We don't have two-thirds of a season to look back on, three-fourths of a season to look back on and say, well, we have this much larger sample size. We know this is more indicative of what they really are. And what we're seeing right now, it's a slump. It's a bummer, but these these things happen. So yet yeah, overreaction goes hand in hand with early season, right? It's just It's what happens because we're stuck in small sample size territory. Teams are figuring things out. Teams are still fi- teams are still installing stuff into their offensive playbook. Teams are figuring out their defensive schemes and it creates some noise, some messiness. It it can be really hard to figure out exactly what a player is during that time. Um, not to say you can't, not to say like Tyrese Maxey is doing great things for the 76ers. I think he's doing great things because he's just really good. It's that simple, right? But sometimes Things happen where you don't know if it's real or not because you still need time to pass. You need more time to analyze things. And the same thing's true at the team level. Now, we're starting to see enough consistency with the Lakers giving up offensive rebounds that, okay, that's a concern. That's now each game that we see this, it becomes more real. This isn't just a one-game thing. All right, this is becoming something more that we need to look at. Um, There's positives, too. Right, Christian Wood has shot well from three each game. He continues to do that. We start saying, All right, maybe Christian Wood just really is this good of a three point shooter, and he's going to be on a roll this season. We'll see. That is one of the non stickiest of stats you can find. But early games, early season, and overreaction they go hand in hand. And yes, ultimately, 10, 20 games, sometimes more, is really what you need in order to see what a team actually is. That doesn't mean that you can't get a sense that there can't be warning signs. Um, that they can't be positives to, to be excited about. There definitely can be, but the more games you play, the more true sense you have of what a team actually is or isn't. Eddie Chase said, season's early, but we see the Lakers making a trade at the All-Star break. Uh, Like DeMar DeRozan, any rumors out there that make sense? So there is a rumor out there um, that I talked about a couple of days ago that the Lakers were looking at Alex Caruso um, and that... They, you know, they regretted letting him get away. And I do think he'd be a really nice fit in the Lakers backcourt. This was coming from an Eastern Conference exec, according to Sean Devaney of of heavy.com. So, yeah, I I do think that the Lakers will be very active on the trade market, but it's going to be a little while. And I don't like, if you ask me right now, what's the trade that the Lakers make? Well, okay. They may have some interest in Alex Caruso. Will they still by February? Maybe not, because the things the team needs right now will probably not be exactly the same as what they need come February because things happen, right? Playing styles change, lineups change, rotations change, injury status can change, and that can shift everything. So right now, if you're an NBA team, you're keeping an eye on everything around the league, of course. You're keeping tabs, keeping an eye on what, what teams have players that might be superfluous, which teams are ready to blow things up. And you're just keeping your finger on the pulse right now. That's all you're doing. You're not ready to make a trade at this moment. You can't even if you're the Lakers. You don't have the tradable contracts right now. Not until December 15th. So um, saying the Lakers are, are completely in on, oh, we need to trade for this player. They're watching guys. They're keeping an eye on guys. But a lot's going to change between now and when making a trade is actually possible. And so we just have to keep in mind. there. There's got to be a lot of flexibility there. Joshua said, imagine Cam and Vando on the court together with corner threes. If they can hit them, it could be good. But both guys aren't known for their three-point shooting. But if they do hit corner threes, that would be helpful. We're
0: driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Ace, more trade. Trade for Lou Dort and Isaiah Stewart. Our team is too soft. I do think they need some grit. I do think they could use that. I think it's a good point. I don't necessarily want to call them too soft, but I do think they they could use some grit. Where they find that will be interesting. And again, who do you trade away in order to to obtain that? But I do think finding that guy, that kind of tough physical presence, not a bad idea. Now, are you going to get Lou Dort and Isaiah Stewart? Probably not. But targeting some guys that have that kind of mentality, I think would do wonders for this team. Uh, Joseph said, first Lakers game this season, Lakers won, parlay hit, and say, my goat, let's go. Love you, Trap. Well, thank you, Joseph. Um, I don't know if you mean you went to your first Lakers game this season or you, this was your first game watching this season, but congratulations. Glad uh, glad you got to see a win and, uh, and that your parlay hit as well. Joshua said, d Cam, Vando, Braun, AD. If they can hit the corner three, consistently might be unstoppable, have Austin, Prince, Rui in the second unit. Yeah, again, it comes down to if Cam and Vando can hit the corner three. If they can, then okay. Eventually, teams will start to cover them out there because I tell you what, you put that lineup on the floor and what's going to happen, Vando and Cam, their defenders, are going to camp in the paint. Now, if Cam starts draining threes, Vando starts draining threes, eventually they're going to come out of that shell and they're going to spread things out, but it's going to take time, and Vando and Cam would have to, in that rotation, they would have to be able to prove that they are no longer poor three-point shooters. We'll see. Yoder said, star of the game, Cam, sir, flush a lot, reddish. Yeah, he was the he was the star in your role, which I'm almost thinking about renaming to do something around the game ball, game ball of the night. We'll see. Cam did get the game ball, and that's part of why it's... um on my mind zuni said what would it take to get caruso and Demar? probably a lot i think it'd be much easier to get of course one of them and not and not both but we're probably talking a lot you're talking about stacking up delos contract maybe another one like a like Rui or something like that some draft capital and, and it depends on what if you're the bulls and you're trading those guys what are you looking for probably future draft capital right the lakers don't have a ton of that to offer so you're looking at something with do the Bulls like Max Christie? Do the Bulls like Jalen Huchifino? If they don't, then that gets gets tough. Uh, Vincent, should the Lakers consider trading for a center? Yeah, I mean, I think that another score, a tough perimeter guard defender, and a true center are three things that this Lakers team could need. They're not going to get all three of those things at the trade deadline. There's not. You're not going to find all three of those things. Um, how badly do they need a center? Well, it depends on how healthy Anthony Davis can stay, but I I do think at least having the option with a big physical center that you can put on the floor would certainly be nice. Who that guy is? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how things are looking around the trade deadline. Eric, would you do Rui and Gabe for Caruso and Vucevic? Um, I mean, based on talent, yeah, I mean, Vucevic is, I I think, the most talented of the bunch there, and Caruso would be a really nice fit, so I think you kind of have to, but... I don't think the Bulls are doing that. I think the Bulls would want more. They just re-signed Vucevic. He's a talented player. Um, again, he's probably the most talented of the bunch. And then you can argue, you know, is is it is Caruso the second best of the bunch? Maybe. It's him or Rui, right? And then Gabe's... So the Lakers would have to plus up that offer if I'm the Bulls in order to take that, which means we're talking draft capital, which the Lakers don't have a lot. Do the Bulls like JHS and, you know, and uh, Max? Oh, off topic, are you going to visit LeBron's museum? Maybe if I'm in Ohio, which I don't find myself in Ohio all that often, although I do have um, some family that's there. Uh, Lakers don't have the screen navigators to run drop. SG323 says, yeah, that's that's a challenge for the Lakers. Is uh, is Running drop coverage has not worked out great for them. They went away from it in the second half against the Suns. They made a comeback. Coincidence. Probably not. I would like to see them go away from drop a bit more. And then mama Mentality said, LFG, Lakers for the win. Yes, was so great. So great to see the Lakers pick up that win over the Phoenix Suns. Now, hopefully, they can continue that tonight against the Blazers, and let's get a little win streak going here. Of course, we'll be keeping an eye on everything. Is LeBron going to play? I'll make sure that any news that comes out, I keep everybody informed on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We're also waiting, pins and needles, to find out more about Jared Vanderbilt. From what the Lakers have released so far, Darvin Ham is scheduled to speak before the game. That should be happening sometime around, um, I believe, it's at 5 15 Pacific time, if I'm remembering co- correctly, before the Lakers take on the Blazers. So if we haven't heard anything about a reevaluation for Jared Vanderbilt before then, which we might, but if we haven't heard anything by then, I would assume the media will ask something to Darvin about Vando for an update. And we'll probably hear something at that point. So I think we are going to get an update on, on Jared Vanderbilt. The only real question is, do we get it when Darvin talks to the media before the blazers game, or does something come out before that? So that's what we're waiting on should happen sometime on Sunday for the Lakers take on the blazers, but Lakers nation. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Appreciate it. Make sure that you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're pushing towards half a million subscribers. Absolutely incredible stuff. So hit that subscribe button for me. And don't forget to go follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Until next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.